0: That answered that question. You're awake. (laughs) Man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. And um, before I get into a little bit about who I am, who we are as a ministry, I just want to give honor for a minute to your pastor. And I appreciate him coming up beside me about a year and a half ago, just talking and just sharing his heart um, and allowing me just to share a little bit of what I felt God was doing. And um, how many of you guys know God can give you a dream, but sometimes you can get selfish with your dream and try to put it in the direction you want it to go. And God will say, but I want it to go this way. And that's what God had to do in my life. And I appreciate your pastor just imparting vision and life into me. So I appreciate that. Come on. Don't you guys know you guys have one of the best pastors in the world? Come on. Give him your awesome pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, my name is Jared Michael. And um, as, you, as you heard and saw the video, we are City Beat Baltimore. We are an outreach ministry and a residential ministry that brings, and, and, and our hope is to bring hope to the streets of Baltimore. And we do that by three simple things, and it's called loving, restoring, and empowering. We believe if we can love unconditionally the people who are God's sons and daughters, we believe they'll get to a place where God will begin to do a restoring work in their life. And our hope is that we don't just see their lives restored, but then they're empowered to make a difference in the communities where God has brought them out of to be restored and empowered to make a difference right there. Amen? So we do that through a bunch of different things, and um, I'm going to explain some of them, but there's going to be a lot more to it. So I want to challenge you afterwards um, this morning. You can go back. We have a booth in the corner out there. You'll see the signs and um, you can grab some of our info. We have a connect card that basically is if you want to sign up for a monthly email or see more about what we do as a ministry or how you can even get involved. Volunteer. Your youth group has come out for and some of you guys in the church has come out and helped us. Um, we would love for you to come out and get, get involved. You can check out that in the back and put your info and we'll get you plugged in. Also, there is these pamphlets. It's a full sheet that I folded Um, And on it is two different things. Your youth group, again, has partnered with us with, we're doing a cool little thing called Bless Your Socks Off. And um, we, we serve a lot of homeless people, a lot of addicts who are living on the streets. And because of their situation... Colts hat, scarf, especially how many guys have felt the weather shifting really quick. And so we collected a lot of stuff. We were going to do it a little later, but we actually wound up just giving it all away because it shifted so fast. So we're actually in the need of collecting more items. So you can grab this and how to be a part of that. I know Pastor Bobby has been a huge blessing in the past with that, and they're doing it again this year with us. And on the other side is just some info on our Thursday serve days. And um, you can check all that out in the pamphlet. And um, as you saw, God has started doing a lot of things in our city, and God is using people just like you and me to make a difference right where we're at. And um, as, as a ministry, we started almost three years ago, February of 2015. Um, we, we, we got together as a small group. We just began to pray and dream and believe God could do something on our behalf if we would just use what we had in our hands. And that's what we're seeing over these almost three years now, seeing God do it. And it's been amazing to be on the journey. And I started out as a youth pastor, and after a while of ministering there, God just really, kids were coming in off the streets in our youth group who were drunk and high. They, they, were, they were homeless. And I remember just like saying, God, how can you, how, how can I minister to these people? I never did drugs a day in my life. One of the, I was telling the first service, one of the like most craziest things I did was, I remember one time I picked up a beer bottle and I was sniffing it like, yeah, I'm a bad boy right now, right? And, and I'm like, God, how can I minister to, to, to these young folks? I remember the Lord one day just in my office just had to speak to my heart and say, you know what, you're right, you can't but I can. And so if you surrender what I've given to you and you give it back to me, I'll use you. And over the past five years, I saw God do amazing things in those students' lives, seeing them get off the streets, many of them now serving the Lord. And, and, and three, almost three years ago now, while I was youth pastoring, God laid a vision to say, I want to, I want to take you somewhere else now. And God started to bring a team of us together. We started to pray, and I left the youth pastoring job. And, and now a bunch of us, we are serving Baltimore, and we are giving our life, and we are laying it down that other people can find it. And that, that's the call of Christ. I want you to know that. Sometimes it's hard because we read the Bible, and we hear great messages, like I'm sure Pastor Paul preaches every Sunday, and we hear these inspiring things. But sometimes we have to step up, and we have to say, now it's our turn to get in the game and to lay our life down so other people can find it. So that's what we do. Um, this, this past week, I'll just I'll run you through one week of, of, of serving with Baltimore, um, serving with CDB Baltimore. So this past week, you know, Thursdays, we minister throughout the day, and then at night we, bring, we have a community dinner, and we have drug addicts, and we have homeless people. They come right to our doors, and we serve them that night. They are God's children. They are God's sons and daughters. So we treat them like that. We treat them with honor and respect, and we love them. And, and, and after a meal, we have worship time. And, and at first, they were coming getting a meal, and they were leaving. And we're like, come on, why can't they stay? And it was awesome just seeing, seeing a shift. In the ministry, seeing God now expanding our borders, and now they come for the good food because there's good food there. You, you might want to come for the food, it's good. But they come now expecting a lot of them will come and say, Hey, preacher, because that's the street lingual, you know. Hey, preacher, well, when are we going to hear the word, man? When are we going to hear God's word? And it just blesses my heart that now they're coming because they understand the only hope they can ever have is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're finding it. They looked for it in drugs, they looked for it in different things, but they're finding it in Jesus. They are. And so Thursday nights where we're able to spread the light and we're actually growing out of our, our facility we're at now. So we're believing God for, for some new direction in that as we kind of start to expand there. And then um, on Friday nights, while most of you guys are going to bed, we have a team of committed folks and, and, and they are going out from 8 to 11 o'clock at night. And they're going out ministering to the women on the streets of Baltimore who many, many of us, we, we look at women out there and we say, why don't they just get off the streets? And it's not as easy as you think. And a lot of these girls are being forced into it. They're being pimped. They're being a lot of different things. And, and, and I want to challenge you that, that God is giving us a, a window of opportunity to minister to these, to these women to, to the, on Thursday nights, on, on, on Saturdays we do Adopt the Block. God's given us a window of opportunity. I want to challenge you with this, that don't miss your window with what God's given you. It's easy sometimes to see in need, but my question is this. When you see, are you willing to meet it? It's easy to see, to see someone hurt. Are you willing to be the vessel to heal that? And that's the question I believe God's asking us as a, as, a, as a body of believers in the day and age. Many people will see Baltimore and they'll say, man, that place is messed up. That place, that place. you know what, there's no hope. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to just try something else. But I want to tell you this. Too many people say that. And not too many people are willing to say, you know what, there's a hurt right there. And by God's help, I can be the healing power to bring redemption power to that place. And so that's what we're doing. It's been an honor to be a part of that. I want to challenge you after service day, please go out to the booth and check out. We have a team. If you're with our team, just wave your hand in the back. They're back here. They're going to be out in the booth. Um, Please talk to them. Some of them, they work. They are are our hands and feet on the streets of Baltimore. You will love to just talk with them, hear their heart. Don't miss the opportunity because um, it's easy to to see a video to say that's great, but it's another thing to hear the heart behind really what God's doing in our city. And I believe I believe and I was telling the I was telling the church this on first service. I believe there's going to be a day and I'm praying hard for this that there will need to be no longer ministries like ours. Because there'll be no more homelessness. There'll be no more addictions. There'll be no more children lost on the streets. There'll be no more need for that anymore. Why? Cuz God's doing his work in streets and communities all over the world. Amen. Amen. So please check out the booth afterwards. It's an honor to be here. You can check us out online. We have um, Instagram, Facebook, all that cool stuff, all the, all the stuff. You can check out our new website we just updated and all the stuff's on there. There's links on there some people ask to. How can we support the ministry even though we can't volunteer? You can go on there and there's ways to connect with us even through financially. There's ways you can give there online. It's all right there and we challenge you. Just be a part of what God's doing. Not just in our ministry, but even as a church here. Be involved in what this church is doing. And so what I want to do this morning is I just want to share a few moments, um, what I believe a message God has given to me for you. And I just want to share, if you kind of want into my heart, into our ministry's heart, I just want to just bring you into that a little bit and just share what I believe something that can strengthen you, but also encourage you, but challenge you to be all that God's called you to be. And so to get there, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic of called hide or seek. Turn to your neighbor and say, hide Now turn to your second-choice neighbor and say, seek. Seek. Can I pray really fast, and then we'll dive right into God's Word, and then we'll all go to the Golden Crow afterwards for a treat. I got three hours, too, by the way. I'm just kidding. God, we thank you for this morning. I pray you would speak to your sons and daughters in this room this morning. God, you brought them here for a plan and a purpose that you would speak to them. God, I pray no longer would we just be... People who see things and hear about things on the news. We would hear all these things happening all over the world. And, and, and God, we would know what breaks your heart. But, God, would you tune us in the, the things that break your heart? May you start to break our heart for those very things. I pray we wouldn't leave this house the same man, the same woman we walked in as. But, God, we leave different. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You ever grown up play the, playing the game hide and go seek? Anyone ever grown up playing that? A few people? Okay. Maybe just me. All right. All right. We got some people. All right. So I remember growing up playing the game hide and go seek. I'm the only boy in, in, in my family growing up. I have an older sister and all-girl cousins. So it was a little like I was always the oddball out. All right. So definitely when it came to the game hide and go seek. It was like, let's play the game. And then, you know, well, maybe the, the boy should be the, be the person that, that um, come seeks us. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah oh, I guess I'm the boy. All right. So, and I have to go, you know, count one, two. They all go hide. And I remember sometimes it would take so long. And I get so frustrated trying to find them because they would hide so good. And I'm like a five-year-old kid trying to find them. And I'm, you know, mad because I can't find them. And I remember growing up playing this game, but I also remember growing up in church. I, I'm a pastor's kid, all right, so I can get a little wild and crazy. You got to watch out for pastor's kids. But, uh, but um, I remember growing up in church, too. I remember hearing people used to say, you know, go seek the Lord. You ever heard that? Seek him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. Seek the Lord. I remember as a young man growing up hearing that, thinking, do I have to, like, seek the Lord kind of like the game, mind and go seek? Is he hiding from me? Do I have to go find him? Is he far from me? Do I have to go and run and, and go try to find him? And this morning, I just want to talk to you for a few moments on this topic of hide or seek, challenging your heart this morning. And I, I don't want you to examine the neighbor next to you or maybe the person in front of you or maybe you're going to nudge the person saying this is for you. I want, I want to challenge your heart this morning and pray that God would speak to it this morning. And to do that, I want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and there's three chapters in all we're going to dive into, but we're not going to read all of them because we'll be here to next century. So we're just going to dive into a few verses, and we'll skip some. I'm going to try to do my best to summarize it to get to where I believe God is leading me this morning. But to start, I want to take you to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, and we're going to read a little bit. But before I do, I want to catch you up. So 2 Chronicles, awesome book of the Bible. It's um, the follow-up of its brother, First Chronicles, right? It's uh, right there. So First and Second Chronicles are awesome books, follows a lot of the kings of Israel. Now, we all know the, the, the people of Israel, right? God's chosen people. They were the real deal. But when you read about them, you'd be like, whoa, you know, God's chosen people. They don't always act like it. I know, tell me about it. I don't always act like it, and I'm sure you don't. So God's chosen people, they, the God set them apart. God started this journey with them. They, got, they were in Egypt. God set them free. They went to the promised land. Well, after some time, they were looking around at everyone else and saying, we want to be like everyone else. And so they started to complain to God saying, we want a king, God. Everyone else has a king. We want a king. I want to put a little pause there and say, be careful what you look around and see in other people. And you start to say, I want that. I want to be like that. Because God says to his people, you are set apart for the calling I've divinely given to you. Sometimes we'll try to seek our calling by what the world says a calling is. God says, seek my heart and I'll show you the calling I've given you. So. Israel started to look around, compare themselves to other people. So God finally, sick of hearing of their complaints, says, all right, I'll give you a king. So he gave them a king, and his name was Saul. And Saul started to reign over the people, and and the people had a king. Well, after a while, Saul's heart started to turn away from God. The position got to him. The, 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 the growing in stature got to him. And God said, you know what? I'm going to remove Saul. I'm going to bring a new man in. And his name is going to be David. I'm, he's a man after my own heart. So after Saul died, David became king. David reigned. After David passed away, his son Solomon became king. Solomon built. I know you're all like, is he going to give me a history lesson this whole time? I promise you we're going somewhere. But Solomon built the temple of God this magnificent structure that that would house God's presence and and gold and silver. Like, this thing was awesome. And so after Solomon, his son became king, Rehoboam. Now, if you're having a kid or soon want to have a kid, that's a great name to write down as one of them, all right? We're going to name him Rehoboam, all right? That's a great name. (laughs) Just kidding. But Rehoboam became king, and while he was king, God's chosen people, who God said, I want to be your king. And they said, no, we want a human king. So God gave them what they wanted. And after five generations, Rehoboam, and, and while he was reigning, the nation of Israel started a civil war with each other, and it divided. And it became into two different kingdoms. A kingdom that was meant to stay set apart for God, all of a sudden became divided. And now we had two different kingdoms inside of one kingdom. We had the northern kingdom named Israel, and we had the southern kingdom named Judah. And after Rehoboam, died abijah became king of the southern kingdom judah we had another king who became king of israel and so after after abijah died we're going to talk about his some in a minute but israel of its history after the civil war and they broke into two israel rarely had a godly king majority of their kings were wicked hearts were turned away from god but judah on the other hand they had some godly kings they would have some kings that weren't seeking God's face, and the, the, the Judah would fall away from God, but they had some kings who were faithful to God. And so after Abijah died, his son took over, reigning in the, in the kingdom of Judah, and his name was Asa. And I'm going to talk about the, the, the Asa for a little bit, and I believe we can learn a lesson from his life this morning. So we're going to dive in, chapter 14, and this is what it says, verse 1. And Abijah rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. Asa, his son, succeeded him as king. In the days the country was at peace for ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He removed the foreign altars, the high places, smashed the sacred stones, cut down the asher poles. He commanded Judah, this is awesome, listen to this. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord. To seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah. In the kingdom, some would say, peace. Come on, someone say peace. And the kingdom of Judah was at peace under him. He built up the fortified cities of Judah since the land was at peace. No one was at war with him during those years for the Lord gave him rest. Verse 7, our final verse in this chapter says, let us build up these towns he said to Judah and put walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God and he We have sought the Lord our God, and he has given us rest on every side. So he built up, and he prospered, because God was with him. So Asa, seeking the Lord as a young man, taking over a large kingdom, seeks the Lord. God gives him rest. God begins to raise him up in stature. And not too long, and, and a couple verses later, an invading army called the Cushites which were bigger than Judah at the time, they decide Asa being a young king, they'll invade his kingdom because they could probably overpower him because he don't have the wisdom as an experienced king would have. So the Cushites get up their army, start to invade Judah, and Asa turning to the Lord and his country turning to the Lord, he understands that the Cushites are bigger, they're more powerful, they're stronger in every way. So Asa, what does he do? He bows before the Lord, and he says one of the the most powerful Old Testament prayers. And I'm just going to summarize it. You can read it later in in, in chapter 14. He says, God, these Kushites, they're coming against us, and we can't overtake them. We need your strength. Will you go with us out to battle? And God responds to him, and he says, Asa, you can go out to battle. I'm going to be with you. So Asa goes out to fight this big army against his army. And Judah overtakes them and wipes them out. And Asa, being kind of his first battle as a king, yeah, we did it. Can you imagine? We did it. And while Judah's coming back from victory, I'm sure they're all dancing. The trumpets are blowing. They're like, yeah, they're all singing, Asa, Asa, he's our man. We love Asa. And so after all that, as they're on their way back, a prophet from Judah, comes out to meet Asa. And he says, Asa, again, I'm summarizing. You can read it. I want you to go home and read the story for yourself because it's a powerful story. We can learn some lessons. He says, Asa, he said, this is awesome what God did. But watch, if you continue to seek the Lord and follow him, God will be with you and he will help you. But he says, if you turn your heart away from God, he will turn away from you. And so Asa, upon hearing what the prophet said, his heart broke. He went back to Judah. And I want you to catch this, because this is crazy. This dude is like a revivalist. He is, on a, he is on a mission. He goes back to Judah. He summons all the people together, and he says this. And again, go home and read this for yourself. This is good stuff. He says this to the whole nation. He says, if no one, if there is someone in this nation that does not seek the Lord, I will kill them. So you can guess. Everyone started seeking the Lord. Everyone became followers of Jesus. They're like, ah, yes, we love God. (laughs) Everyone, the, the, the country was in revival, all right? So Asa turns to God, the country now, the nation is turning to God. But there's a jump between chapter 15 and 16. Even though we read it and it's kind of flowing right along, there's a big jump in Asa's life. See, chapters 14 and 15 cover Asa, his battle, these things he started to implement. But all of a sudden, chapter 16, takes a crazy turn because Asa is now older. He's a more mature man. He has some years under him as reigning as a king. And as Asa gets older and gets more stature and power, finally his brother country, the Israelites, the other army, Israel, remember Israel and Judah, now they're split. They decide to attack Judah and attack Asa. Well, Israel is a smaller army than the Cushites, where Israel is not a big deal. Judah could probably handle them. But Asa, fearing Israel coming to attack them, he forgot in his old age what God had did for him. And when Israel comes to attack them, he goes over to an opposing country, a nation that was far from God called Aram, and he goes to the king and he says, hey man, let's make a deal here. If, you know, the, Israel, they're about to attack us. Will you, will, you, um, will you go attack them? Will you go and, and, and be, help us? And, and, and if you do that, what I'm going to do is and he sent guys to the, to the temple of the Lord that Solomon built. He sent guys into the temple and they pulled out all the gold, all the silver. They pulled everything out of the temple of God. And, and Asa said to this wicked king, he said, I'll give you all this gold from the temple of God if you help us. And the king of Aram said, yeah, I don't care where the gold's coming from. Give it to me. And he took the gold And he went out and he attacked Israel. And they overcame him. And Israel, understanding that now Aram's army's coming and Asa's going to bring his army. He couldn't do a two-fronted attack. So they retreat out. And they go back to their country. And Asa's like, we did it. We did it. We overcame him. I'm a genius. And Asa now goes to fortify those cities that Israel tried to take over. And on his way back, We find the same scenario that happened years before this. The prophet comes running out to Asa. But this time the prophet doesn't come out saying, Asa, he's our man. He comes out to Asa and says, Asa, what have you done? What have you done? Did you forget years before a bigger army named the Cushites, they came and they tried to attack you and you cried out to God and God gave you victory? What were you thinking? And Asa, upon hearing this man say that, this time he didn't go back and turn the nation towards God. He throws the prophet in jail. And he begins to oppress the people. But I want you to catch this verse right here. They probably have all the, I think they have all the verses on there. But I just want you to catch this one verse. Verse 9. This is, the prophet says this to Asa. And he says this. He says, Asa, what have you done? You've turned your heart towards the Lord. But verse 9 says this. It says, the prophet says this to Asa. I believe this is, a, this, is a, this is a moment in time God's speaking this to this church. It says, For the eyes of the Lord reigns throughout the earth to strengthen, someone say strengthen, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully, someone say fully, fully committed to him. The prophet said this to Asa, saying, Asa, God's eyes, I believe right now in Grace Assembly, right here in this service, the eyes of the Lord, they're looking throughout these chairs. They're looking, He's looking in the hearts and He's saying, Is there a heart that is fully committed to me that I can strengthen this morning, that I can empower to do something? But is there a heart, but there's a condition to that heart? Is it fully committed to Him? So Asa throws him in jail, and Asa, upon this, Gets a bad foot disease, and even in his foot disease, still does not cry out to God. And then Asa dies, and they bury him. This is a crazy story. This man forgetting about what God has done, forgetting about the hand of God when he cried out to him, God acted on his behalf. Now, I want to give you one more scripture verse. I'm going to tie it all together, and then we'll be out of here. I'm believing that God will speak. Just into our hearts. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to give you this one little nugget to kind of wrap it all together. Something from the New Testament. To bring it together. And it says this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. I want you to catch this. And that he is a, what's that word? He rewards those earnestly seek him. Man, so we have this guy Asa comes out, starts out great, but then he forgets the Lord, turns to himself, leans on his own strength, and God says, Asa, what are you doing, man? I was with you. Do you remember those years when you were small and little in stature and I brought you up and a big country came at you and I gave you the strength to overtake them? Do you remember that? But he forgot about it. And he took this prophet, saying one of the most, we say this all the time, but I want you to get this in your heart. The eyes of the Lord, they're looking in this place this morning. And he's looking for a heart that he can strengthen. Can I tell you what what we do? Our team cannot do with our own ability or strength. Can I tell you, you can't serve the people we serve with our own strength. If we do, we will give them nothing. They will have no hope in what we have. There's no hope in Jared or Pete. There's no hope. The only hope is that we seek the Lord. And then he strengthens us. And he gives us, he gives us moments where we can connect with men and women sometimes are at their moment of breaking we had a guy come in a few weeks ago came in off the street a few days earlier he was doping up homeless living in the back of a car wasn't even his stranger's car and he came in i remember i was connecting with him for a few moments and he said you know preacher he said just moments before coming here i was ready to end it all he said i was i was i was about to commit suicide but he said, something a friend brought me I came here tonight, and that night we had a service. I had the guest write down one thing that they wanted from the Lord on a note card. They wrote it down. I told them to fold it up. I said, stick it in your pocket. I said, I want you to keep it in there all week long, because most of them wear the same pants all week long, because they have nothing else. I said, every time you feel what you've been feeling on the streets, I said, I want you to pull that out. I want you to look at what you wrote and remember God wants to strengthen you with that. And the next week he came back. You know what he did? He pulled out that card with a big smile on his face. He said, Preacher, I don't know what happened. But he said, Something filled me up this week. Next week he came back. Preacher, I don't know what's going on. But can I tell you what? It's the Lord's strength. And can I tell you what? It's not in my strength or anyone else's strength. The Lord is strengthening cards in his timing and in his ability. And can I tell you what? To battle in some of the darkest places that the enemy has had control of in our, in our region for many years, that's a war right there. And we can't fight it on our own. We are not Asa trying to take out his brother Israel. If we try to do that, we will lose. But we get before God and we say, God, we need your strength and your wisdom. See, Asa forgot about God. And I believe there are many people who are with sincere hearts trying to serve God. But there's a moment you're trying to do it in your own strength. And in Asa, there's a line where if you try to do it in your own strength, you won't make it very far. And I believe this morning God sent me on an assignment to speak to some men and women, saying, your time is now. Your window of opportunity to do something to advance God's kingdom is right now. But are you going to rely in yourself, in your bank account? You're going to rely in what you have? Or are you going to rely in his strength? You're going to rely on his strength to fill you, to empower you. I love what your church is doing here, expanding, making more room. That's awesome. Continue to run with His strength because He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. My fear is that in these days we live in, we hear a lot of bad things on the news, a lot of bad rats all over the place about our city. And there's a moment in time where we have to step up to the plate. And God's saying, I'm not just, you know, waiting to do something because God can do whatever he wants. But he chooses men and women to be a part of his divine plan. He chooses us to extend hands of grace and mercy, to pick even the most dirty of dirty people up off the ground, to wipe them off, to give them a hug, and say, you're his son, you're his daughter. But it's our commission. See, you're just seeing a small part today of what we're doing. But we can't do it on on our own. We need his strength. And we're encouraged when we see churches like you guys. I want to challenge you in these chairs this morning. That God is looking to strengthen hearts, to renew vision and dreams and the things he's called you to do. And whatever that is, are you going to act in the window? Are you going to hide? Or are you going to go seek him? Because if you seek him, he's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. As I get ready to wrap up, I want to I'm a huge fan of revivalists. I love studying the life of revivalists. I love reading the Bible, love reading God's Word. I'm a huge, huge, huge um, just studier of, of people and, 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 and throughout the years who God has used their life and, and, and revivals have broken out. And I love this one guy in particular. His name is Gypsy Smith. He was in the 1900s. He's a revivalist. He was born in England. And God started to stir his heart. He started to hold meetings. God started to break out, and the Spirit of God started to do mighty things in England. After a while, he started hearing about things happening in the U.S., so he started to travel to the U.S. and do crusades. Fifty times he traveled back and forth from England to the United States. And finally, as an older man, God used him in mighty ways, continued to use him throughout his lifetime. A reporter came up and asked him, Gypsy, what's the secret to what God's doing? Why is he doing it for you and so many other people? He's not working on their behalf. What makes you different? And he says, You want to know what makes me different? And, and, and he went on to tell the reporter about what makes him different. But then he said, The reporter then followed up and said, You know, off the chart, I'm a Christian reporter. He says, How can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? And he says, When you go home, I want you to go into your room. He said, I want you to shut the door. He says, I want you to get on your knees. He says, once you're on your knees, I want you to draw a circle around yourself. He says, when you draw that circle, I want you to begin to pray this prayer. Say, God, I want to see revival in my nation. God, I want to see revival in my city. God, I want to see violence and all of these things that are epidemic in our city. I want to see them gone. I want to see someone, some people with passion running into our city. But he said, then say this. But God, may it start within the circle. See, we can pray mighty prayers, Christians. But we pray them outside the circle. Well, God's saying right here in this circle, here am I, Lord. God's looking for people who are willing to pray the prayer. To say, God, here am I. God, I want to see revival. That's great, but God wants to do revival in you. God, I want to see healing on our city. God wants to do it in your heart. God, I want to see these things stop. God, I want to do it in your heart. Are you willing to get on your knees to draw that circle and to pray that prayer? Because if you do, he will do things on your behalf you never thought he could do. Because it's not you. It's his strength. And if we can remain a people who remain in this posture, you'll see his strength. And like I said, there will be a day we won't need ministries any longer like ours. Because our our streets will be safe. Women won't have to be forced into sex trafficking. Children can run safe in the streets of Baltimore. Why? Because the church rose up and said, in his strength, we can do it. I challenge you. Are you willing to draw that circle and to pray that prayer? Because God will do something on your behalf. Can I pray for you this morning? God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Paul and, God, the amazing ministry you're doing right here. I thank you for the hearts that you brought here this morning. You brought them for a divine purpose and plan. I just speak right now, whatever you're speaking to their heart, they would not let it just be something that stays in this room. But it would echo in through their heart, into their mind, into their arms and legs. And, God, they would get busy doing what you've called them to do. May we be people who experience your rewards. Why? Because we earnestly seek you. God, I pray they would get connected to what you're doing all throughout our city, all throughout Maryland, all throughout the world. Thank you for their hearts. And I pray, God, this morning, if someone came in, God, maybe weary or heavy burdened or maybe questioning, God, what am I here for? They came this morning understanding they're here because you want to strengthen their heart. But it comes at a sacrifice saying, "God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. I pray there be some men and women who would take the daring step to the things they're praying for. They would draw around themselves and understand maybe they're the answer for their own prayer. Use us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I love you, church. Thank you for allowing me to come this morning. God bless you. We'll be in the back after service. Come see us after service.